on the field and inside the clubhouse. This is Brewers Extra Innings, live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at Radio City. Here's Matt Foley. A 1-0 victory. Brewers push across a run in the top of the ninth inning, and that's all they would need. Another fantastically pitched game from the Brewers. Eric Lauer was really good. Six shutout innings, five hits, 13 strikeouts, 13 strikeouts, and just one walk. Aaron Nolan was pretty good for a Philadelphia. He went seven shutout innings, giving up just one hit with nine strikeouts and one walk. But at the end of the day, it was the Brewers pushing across a run against a former Brewer in Corey Knable, and the Brewers come away with a one nothing victory. We do welcome you into the program. My name is Matt Pauley. If you want to join the show, you can do so by calling or texting the Acunet Mortgage Talk and text line. That phone number, 855-616-1620. Again, 855-616-1620 to call or to text. Or if you'd like to tweet at me, you can do so on Twitter, at Matt Pauley on air, M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y on air. I have long, long, long been saying that Eric Lauer deserves respect as a top-tier pitcher. And it's really tough on this Brewers team because your top three guys are obviously Cy Young candidate caliber pitchers, one who won the Cy Young Award last year with Burns uh, and with Woodruff and Peralta. And then you have Adrian Hauser that you slot in at number four. And the thing about Hauser is uh, he is so elite when it comes to his sinker and being able to get ground balls you kind of put Lauer into that fifth spot. And as a number five starter, that might be what he is in actuality, but the idea of what you think of when you hear number five starter, it's it's not a description of Eric Lauer. He's really good, and he's been really good since about the midway point of the season last year. I've said this over and over. By some metrics, you could have certainly gone out and argued that Lauer – had as good of a second half as any starting pitcher for the Brewers last year, Corbin Burns included. He has just been that good. And he showed it again tonight on a really big stage, which which is fun for him and fun for the Brewers to be on Sunday night baseball and to be able to uh, show off in that kind of way. 13 strikeouts, one walk. There are still concerns about what this team is doing from an offensive standpoint. Three hits, not going to get it done. One run, more often than not, not going to get it done. It got it done tonight, but they've got to find some more run scoring in there. I found it interesting. I was watching the TV broadcast, and Craig Council did one of those in-game interviews that they do on the national TV games. And I don't remember the exact wording, but essentially he was asked, what do you need to do to score some more runs? And he said that when you get pitches to hit, you have to do damage, and that they had gotten some pitches to hit, and they had not done damage. So there are times where you tip your cap to the other pitcher, and don't get me wrong, Nola was really good tonight. But it seems like one of the trends right now when the Brewers are struggling offensively, it's not so much that the other pitcher is that good, It's that when the other pitcher gives you something, you're not taking advantage of it. And we can argue that that's what happened with the Brewers uh, this evening for most of the game until they were able to push across the one run in the ninth inning. When you really think about this series, the Brewers win. It's weird. So the Brewers win two out of three. 
the game they lost, they should have won. The two games they won, they won because of their ability to score a run or yesterday score runs in a single inning. It was one inning today, and it was one inning yesterday from a run scoring standpoint that really led the team to a victory. So a weird series. At the end of the day, wins and losses matter. It's it's not all that matters, but it's mostly what matters. And at the end of the day, they win two of three in this series. So uh, the pitching is just that good, right? The pitching is just that good. And at some point in time, they got to they, they got to find a way to hit better. Three hits today. Andrew McCutcheon goes one for four. Jace Peterson goes one for three. Tyrone Taylor goes one for three and has the only extra base hit with a double. Outside of that, everybody else had an offer. And uh, Christian Yelich drives in the only run on a sacrifice fly. The Bre- you know, We always talk about what the team does with runners in scoring position. Well, this is one of those games where that number doesn't even matter because they don't have any opportunities. They went 0-for-1 with runners in scoring position. You need more opportunities to really evaluate a team on how they do in that category. So we uh, we cannot evaluate the team. We can say that the Phillies went 1-for-5 with runners in scoring position, and the one hit that they did get does not result in a run in what was a really big inning for uh, for Eric Lauer when he was able to pitch out of a bit of a jam, and uh, we'll get into that coming up uh, later on. We will go through the highlights before all is said and done, but uh, Vinny Rotino, former brewer and Bally Sports Wisconsin analyst. He joins the program coming up in just a moment. This is Brewers Extra Innings. Brewers Extra Innings with Matt Foley on WTMJ. One, two. Strike three called. Got him on the outside corner with a 94-mile-an-hour fastball. And it's a one, two, three inning for Eric Lauer. Brewers get the win, one nothing. They win in Philadelphia. Brewers extra innings does continue here on WTMJ. If you want to join us, you can do so by calling or texting the AccuNet Mortgage Talk and Text Line 855-616-1620. That's 855-616-1620. Or you can tweet at me, at Matt Pauley on air. Let's bring in uh, Vinny Rotino. Vinny, let's start with this. In your, uh, I believe, 62 career Major League uh, games, how many times or did you ever have uh, Angel Hernandez working the plate? <laughs> you know what? I knew this was going to come up. I got to tell you, he's he's pretty he's pretty bad, right? Let's just let's just call it what it is. I mean, some of the calls were just just downright bad. I mean, and he was just making the zone big in every part, right? In, out, yeah. up. I mean, he wasn't really calling it down, but <clears throat> but I got to tell you, let me just say this. He is one of the most nicest guys that you'll ever meet in your life. I mean, I talk to him all the time in spring training. I was that guy that would come over from AAA games and kind of back up. I would always come in, hey, Vinny, how's it going? Like, this guy is a good person. He's just really bad at umpiring. That's funny. And you were a catcher, so... Like you have, there's a relationship between catchers and umpires. You guys are kind of back there working together in many ways. Yeah, totally. And I, I don't know if he has much self awareness about how, you know how. Look, if everybody's complaining about you, and this and this just wasn't, you know, just tonight. This was not an isolated game where everyone's. I mean, he's kind of the joke of the umpiring um, world, right? I mean, everyone knows how bad he is. So it's too bad, really, because he is. Such a nice guy. Uh, Kyle Schwarber was speaking for everybody at the end. It was uh, that was one time. I mean, Andrew McCutcheon's out there laughing because you know that he's feeling the exact same way. 
Yeah, I mean, it, it, earlier in the game, didn't Aaron Nola strike someone out on a pitch up and in that was just, it was all, it was Omar Narvaez. It was a pitch that started above the zone. It was a sinker, never came back down. In fact, landed about three, four inches above the zone. And I think Aaron Nola was also surprised that it was called strike three. I mean, he was waiting for the ball to come back from the catcher, and all of a sudden it ended the inning by, because Angel Hernandez decided that that was a strike. So, yeah, it's, it's I, don't know, I, don't, I don't You would think that there would be some sort of, like, performance review and, and plan to correct some of the mistakes, but I, I guess there's not. Okay, so let's let's get into, like, the baseball aspect of this because, as you mentioned, I mean, his zone was huge today, but on those – on those pitches that were way outside, they were like 50-50. Sometimes they were a strike. Sometimes they were. I, I think it would almost be easier if he would have just been consistently calling them strikes the entire game, just having this huge zone. But it was a huge zone half the time and the correct zone half the time, which is really, really tough to deal with. As a hitter, when you know that the consistency isn't there, but when it's wrong, it's really big, Like, how does that, does that change your approach at the plate? It, it really does, especially in a situation where you have like a runner on third, less than two outs, a situation that the Brewers ended up winning the game in, right, with the, the Christian Yelich sack fly there, because what you don't want to do is leave it up to the umpire, especially now leave it up to Angel Hernandez to call you out on strike three when all you had to do is hit a, a lazy fly ball to score the game-winning run. That's where the situation gets really tough. When when it's, you know, just an, uh, every you know every day at bat, one out, nobody on, or something like that in the fourth inning, then, then yes, it still matters. You're still mad that, you know, the, the strike zone is that inconsistent, but it's not as big, and you're not as, you're not as worried to leave it up to the umpire, and so you're kind of trying to cover every part of the, the zone, which is makes you a worse hitter. So I know Bryce Harper was on the telecast, and he didn't, and he said, nah, you really don't want to change what you do, but you kind of do, right? You don't want to strike out looking with a runner on third and strand him there. Yeah, it's that was interesting. With the, there was a couple times when Harper was on today. They like, they kind of tried to get him to to say stuff about you know approach and what was going on in the game, and he just would not do it. Would would have you hated that, or would have you liked it having a microphone on and talking to broadcasters as a game is going on? I would have hated it because I played with my hair on fire, and I was super intense when I played, and I I needed to compete. If I and if I wasn't like that, I wasn't going to be very good that year. I needed to like really really compete, and I would be I would. And I know Bryce Harper's a proponent of doing that in-game to kind of grow the game and grow interest for the game. I wonder if he'll do it again. He was 0 for 3 with a, with a pretty big um, – he had three punch-outs. And, yeah, I mean, he had an awful game. So I'm curious if he's going to do that again. He's hitting 226. You have to wonder. You know, he's got that injury that's keeping him out of the field. So he's the DH. So that's kind of new. But you still have to wonder, is that impacting him at the play? I, I like the idea of okay, you can you can hit through this injury, so let's go ahead and let you be in there. But the part like I know this isn't Philly's extra innings, this is Brewers' extra innings. But I'm just thinking about him. I, in some ways, if he's going to struggle the way he is, maybe it would just make sense for him to get that thing fixed and then go from there. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I agree with that. I mean, he was the MVP last year. He doesn't look it. Um. Uh, yeah, uh, he's a gamer, though. I'm wondering if he'll just try and play through it. Yeah, it's uh, it's interesting. All right, Brewers uh, get the win, one nothing. We'll actually talk about more of what happened in the game with Vinny Martino when we continue on in just a moment. One nothing, the final. Brewers get the win. This is Brewers extra innings. 
It's Brewers Extra Innings with Matt Foley on WTMJ. 30 pitches so far for Eric Lauer. And the delivery. Strike three called through McCutter right on the inside corner. And he locks up Bohm. 1-0. Brewers get the win in Philadelphia. Vinny Rotino continues to join us. I'm Matt Pauley. Brewers Extra Innings continues here on WTMJ. And Vinny, as, you know, people who watch that game, like we, we talked about Angel Hernandez first, but the bottom line is that was a fantastic, fantastic uh, pitcher's duel. And Eric Lauer goes out there and strikes out 13 while only walking one in six shutout innings. He had one jam to get out of. He was able to do it. I mean, that was if people, if, if baseball fans didn't know who Eric Lauer was four hours ago, they should now. I mean, what an incredible job. Uh, I mean, 66 strikes, 98 pitches thrown, 26 out of 37 with his four-seamer. I mean, he filled up the zone with his curveball, which is is definitely his third best pitch. It's kind of more of a strike pitch. Doesn't get much swing and miss or chase on that pitch. Um, but that slider and cutter were, again, really on point tonight. And, again, he establishes that fastball up in the zone. And you heard Bryce Harper talk about why he is so good. And you could hear him say how deceptive that fastball, how much it jumps at the plate. So, again, kudos to the Brewers for acquiring this guy, knowing he had that long arm action that they had to fix, and then that made him more consistent and more consistently able to, you know, use that, you know, high carry, you know, uh, fastball at the top of the zone with tremendous forward life, and that's kind of what they do they they find guys that need a, a tweak or two and chris, i mean and then chris hook fixes them is, is essentially what it is i just tweeted out that chris hook's the most valuable coach in sports i mean when you consider you know corbin burns was the worst starter in baseball in 2019 then it, you, you fix eric lauer who was pretty bad and injury prone and then freddie peralta was a one pitch one time through the order guy and then Adrian Hauser was a it was a likely reliever at the end of the day. And again, these, none of these guys were slam dunk like first round draft picks, you know, like Aaron Nola was, right? <laughs> and, and so, um, I, I mean, it's just remarkable this pitching staff, and then also remarkable with the job Chris Hook has done. So he sits like. 93, 95 on that fastball. You'll see him touch at 96, uh, certainly. Uh, when, he, when he first got to the Brewers, you're talking like 89, 91, really, yeah. on the fastball. Uh, that, can you, as a hitter, how different is it facing those two different type profile guys? I mean, righties would probably be racing to the bat rack to face Eric Lauer throwing 89, 92, whatever, and probably touch the 93, 94 every once in a while when his arm would feel good. But that's the point. His arm wasn't really, you know, consistently healthy, uh, and he wasn't able to throw consistent strikes, uh, you know, to spots that he wanted to throw them because he was so inconsistent with that long, deep arm action. Um, but yeah, he, he totally has transformed what he's been able to do and who he is as a pitcher. 92-96 tonight with the fastball. I mean, that's just it's. And then the cutter is like 90-92. Um, so yeah, I mean, he's got those weapons, and he just has he has a lot of room for error. He doesn't. He when you watch him pitch, he doesn't necessarily like hit pinpoint spots. He throws he throws his fastball to areas, and then he lets. The, the other secondary stuff work off of that same kind of, uh, you know, ball out of that same window and lets it work. So it's just, uh, it, it's just, a, it's telling that he's not going to regress as long as he stays healthy, knocking on wood. 
right, so we've been around Craig Council and have heard him talk long enough that you know you can kind of decipher when he says things. Like if he says if he says a pitcher pitched beautifully, that means that that guy was on. Yeah. Um, but if he talks about uh, you get your opportunities to do damage and maybe you didn't, that means maybe that pitcher did not pitch quite as well. And uh, I haven't heard his post-game comments, but when he did his in-game interview, when he was talking about what the team needed to do better, he basically said that they had some opportunities against Nola. He had had, you know, there were some pitches to hit, and they did not do damage. How concerned are you about what this club is doing from an offensive standpoint? Where we're, yesterday it was the the difference. Yesterday it was a day where they they got pitches to hit and they did something with them. But today it seemed to be the opposite of that once again, which at times seems more often to be the rule. Yeah, it, I'm. <laughs> we talked. We we've been talking about this. It, it is concerning, right? I mean, the fact that they got one hit up until Corey Knable came into the game. They had one hit. <laughs> it's, you know, it's it's concerning, right? And I know Aaron Nola. I thought Aaron Nola looked pretty darn sharp tonight. I don't know. I, he did look sharp, although we talked about the fact that the Brewers at times, when they're not swinging the bats real well, they make a lot of people look really sharp, right? So they, they allow guys to really settle in. There's a lot of empty at-bats. They don't really have the ability or haven't shown much of an ability to extend at bats, and that's what you need to do when when the bats aren't there, when they're struggling a little bit. So, I'm concerned. To answer your question, I am concerned, um, especially when you get guys like Colton Wong really struggling lately, and then you get guys like Willie Adams hitting 190. Um, I mean, Christian Christian Yelich is at 192 right now, so I'm concerned. Yeah, uh, Devin Williams, scoreless inning. Issued a walk, uh, but was was able to get through it. I'll be honest with you, I, I had that like I I'll say this when he doesn't perform well. I'll also say it when he does perform well, and I'm wrong. I've got no problem being wrong on things. Uh, I I was a little uncomfortable when he when he first came into this game uh, on, on that back-to-back situation because he has not been especially good in those situations, and I still feel like you're trying to put him in the best possible situation to have success and get him some confidence, but give him credit. They used the standard 7th, 8th, 9th, and uh, Boxberger, Williams, and Hayter all did their jobs. Yeah, and that, and you look at the box score, that looks like a clean game by the Brewers, and, and hopefully there's a lot more of that to come, but you know they're going to win a lot of close games like this, so their run differential isn't going to necessarily show up as uh, you know, the Brewers are dominating other teams. You know, I think the Dodgers at one point last year were like 100, 120 some game or 120 some runs better than their opponents. Brewers, I, I fear that they're not going to look like that, but they're going to win a lot of close ones. But a key to that is to have Devin Williams get consistent and be able to go back to back or maybe even three in a row every once in a while. That's probably later down the road. You might get two days off here after this because I'm with you. They really have to protect the arm and then protect his confidence as well and just make sure that he is as fresh as he can be when he takes the mound. The Brewers are the only team in Major League Baseball who are above 500 with a negative run differential. Yeah. Yep, that's that's it. I mean, it's it, what does that tell you? It tells you they're winning a lot of close games. Why are they winning a lot of close games? Because they have the best starting rotation in baseball, and they have Josh Hader at the back end of your pen. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Winning close games, but also losing some, some one-sided games in there as well. That's how you get that 
That's negative true. run differential with a with a plus five. They're minus two, so I mean it's it's almost equal, but they're they're minus two with a ten and six record. Yeah, there's four games over five hundred. They're in first place right now, correct? I mean they're tied with the St. Louis Cardinals, so um I think they played one one or two more games in the Cardinals at this point. But Cardinals um, have the percentage point edge, but yeah, they're in a virtual tie. Okay, gotcha. Yep. So yeah, I mean they're as bad as we saw this last year. Remember, remember yeah. last year the Brewers were two games under 500 before they acquired Willie Adamas, and they actually were being outscored by the, their opponents when you looked at run differential. And then they went on, and, and I think they were 30 games over 500 from that point on. I think they finished like almost like 80 runs over with their run differential, something crazy like that. But yeah, it it just it, it's going to come down to the bats. The bats need to heat up as the weather heats up. Uh, hopefully, they'll get a, a guy or two at times that's able to carry this offense. We're still waiting for that. I want to finish you off with this and uh, travel is the Brewers have it pretty good when it comes to travel. Where we're located in Milwaukee, we're essentially a two-hour flight from ninety percent of the country. So, f- travel's pretty good when you're in the middle of the country. But that being said, they're in. They're in the state of Pennsylvania right now. They're coming back to play one game tomorrow, and then they have to fly back for more games in Pennsylvania. How tough is this, I guess, 72-hour period uh, where they've got a lot of tough travel here? Yeah, it's it's more tough probably because of how many games in a row they're going to be playing here. Um, it does take a toll on you. And, what, and here's what takes a toll on you. It's the time change. The time change takes a toll on you. It doesn't matter. Well, the West Coast time change takes the biggest toll on you, but even the East Coast, it does as well. Just it just dysregulates your body. You don't really know what time to get up in the morning, and so that's what it it just kind of it kind of beats you up a little bit. Now, I was riding buses for 13 hours sometimes, so that definitely took a toll on you. So these charter flights are a little bit easier and help. But, yeah, I mean, the time change and then just the the relentless schedule um, of these major league games are are like us. It's it's stressful every single night whether or not you're going to win or lose. So it's it's relentless. So that's, that's also the mental grind of it. I did not see Corbin Burns in the dugout, and I feel like if he would have been in the dugout as much as the ESPN broadcast was talking about Brewers pitching, that at some point they would have showed him. I didn't see Brandon Woodruff either, but, but you would think he'd be there. But i got to think there's a pretty good chance that maybe they sent Burns back early. I think what I heard Sophia say on the broadcast yesterday was that Burns and Woodruff would be in Pittsburgh. So that would make sense, and that would be a smart move, just so that those guys get into the city, they get acclimated, they don't have to go on these flights bouncing back and forth all over the place. So uh, I think that's what they did. All right. Good stuff, Vinny. Appreciate it. We'll, uh, we'll talk again soon. All right. Thanks, Matt. All right, there's Vinny Rotino joining us here on Brewers Extra Innings. We've got some time for some phone calls, some text messages, some tweets if you want to get in here. We are taking you until 1030 this evening. Still have the postgame highlights to get to as well. That's all coming up. The Brewers come away with a one nothing victory in Philadelphia. They take two of three in the series. This is Brewers Extra Innings. Brewers Extra Innings with Matt Foley. Flower looking into Narvaez. Here's the 0-2 pitch. Swing and a miss. He struck him out with a slider. And Eric Lauer with three strikeouts here in the bottom of the third inning. And six for the game. 
Really good, really good performance from Eric Lauer. Six innings, five hits, 13 strikeouts, one walk. He does not factor into the decision, but he does drop his ERA to 2.20. Throws 98 pitches tonight, 66 for strikes. This was quite the performance tonight uh, from Eric Lauer and the bullpen doing its job as well. Brewers were able to push across a run in the ninth inning. You're not happy with one run on three hits, but you're happy that one run on three hits does result in victory, and that's the way things went down tonight. 855-616-1620, 855-616-1620. That's the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. You can also tweet into the program at Matt Pauley on air, M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y on air. At Brew Crew, Scott tweets in and says, how, are, how worried are you or not about the bullpen usage through April? The Brewers have scored uh, more runs than just the Diamond backs and the Reds. I think it's a I think it's one of those little nuggets to um, file away in the back of your head and hope that you don't have to worry about it later on in the season. Just in terms of bullpen usage, if all of a sudden your bullpen just does not give you the the type of performance that you want as you get into July and August and September, you do wonder, okay, did did they get Use too much early on in the season. That's why I would argue that it's really important for this team to start winning some games by more than three runs. They just they they haven't really done that this year. Uh, what I think I mean Josh Hader has has saved what all but one uh, game this year that the Brewers have uh, have won. It's been every single time they win a game, there it is close. So Josh Hader has eight saves. And the Brewers have 10 wins. So, excuse me, two. Uh, Josh Hader has a save in all but two of the Brewers' victories this year. That's that's not sustainable, right? Like, if, if you're getting a save in 80% of your wins, um, and so let's say, what's a what's a good win total for this team this year? They're, they're really good, right? So let's let's say they win 95 games. If if yeah, at that clip, you're talking about a 70-save season. Obviously, that's not going to happen. You know, but that that's the point that I'm trying to make. What Josh Hader is doing right now is not sustainable. And the Brewers have to, have to, have to start winning some games uh, that, that are a little bit one-sided and doing that on occasion. And if, if they don't, then yeah, there's a there's a legitimate chance of wearing out that bullpen. So I think it's something to keep an eye on. We're still early enough in the season where it really doesn't matter right now. But if we're having the exact same conversation a month from now, if we're coming up on the end of May, calendar's about to turn to June, and the the numbers, the pacing are still where they're at right now, then yeah, I think at that point you do get a little bit concerned. 855-616-1620, 855-616-1620. That's the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line, or you can tweet into the program at Matt Pauley on air, M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y on air. We continue on after the news. The news starts in two minutes here on WTMJ. This is Brewers Extra Innings on WTMJ. And the pitch. Swing and a fly ball out to left. This should be deep enough as Peterson goes back to tag, making the catch is Schwarber. Tagging and scoring is Jace Peterson, and the Brewers have a 1-0 lead on the sack fly by Christian Yelich. 
That's the only run that is scored. Brewers get the 1-0 victory to take two of three from the Phillies. Brewers' extra innings does continue here on WTMJ. 855-616-1620, the AccuNet Mortgage Talk and Text Line, or tweet at me, at Matt Pauley on air. Doug texting in says, I know the old saying is you can never have enough pitching. Brewers have enough. Do you think they would trade one of those starters, not including Burns, for some hitting? They have trade bait. How long can you keep winning games like this? Amazing and, yes, remarkable. Because I like to use the word remarkable a lot. I think that's why he put it in there like that. Um, no, I don't think they do. Uh, I, I, I think they make moves. I don't think they trade away any of their current starters. If they were going to do that, they would have done it in the offseason. I don't think you make that move. I say that, though, and you've got Aaron Ashby sitting right there. Ethan Small is really close. I just I, I lean no during the season. I don't know what happens in the offseason. At some point, you only have so many starts, and you've got a certain number of starting, starting pitchers. You, you make them worth something more to your team by maybe moving them. I just... It's a soft no for me, not a hard no, that they don't do it in the middle of the season this year. I feel like that's not something that uh, they they would want to go with. But it also depends on what you get back, right? Like, clearly, there are some players out there that if they were able to get them for an Eric Lauer, for an Adrian Hauser, you're doing it. You absolutely are doing it. Uh, I just don't know if those trades are going to present themselves during the course of the season. 855-616-1620, the AccuNet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Let's grab a call from Bob in Oconomowoc. Hey, Bob, thanks for calling. You're on WTMJ. I, I think the, the uh, I'm an older person, and uh, I think the technology is there to make the game a lot fairer where you could use the technology to call the balls and strikes and not leave it up to pitcher, uh, to uh, umpires to uh, dictate who was going to win, who's going to lose. I don't see why the technology couldn't be there for that, uh, where they could radio the call or the, some, you know, some, the umpire could get something uh, in his ear to uh, listen to what the call is, and, and then he can call his call it, and he can call the pair uh, safe on a on a uh, a runner running to home plate. Uh, all there's a, a purpose for him, but it isn't for calling the balls and strikes, which is the most important part of the game. Uh, and that that could be done with machines. So, yeah, Bob, I appreciate it. And it is being it is being done at the lower levels. Major League Baseball has been testing an automated strike zone for uh, for a couple, two, three years now. And um, the way it works is actually an umpire basically has an iPhone. And the iPhone has an earpiece, and the earpiece designates to the umpire whether it's a ball or whether it's a strike. Now, in, like, I, in theory... The technology should be there to basically be 100% correct on balls and strikes calls, or at least 99.9% correct if you go on the the point that nothing can ever be 100% correct. Everything I have read says that the technology has not yet been advanced to the point where the automated strike zone technology is better than human umpires, that human umpires at the major league level are still across the board in aggregate 
getting more balls and strike calls correct than what the technology is doing. Now, that does not include night like, you know, obviously you put in Angel Hernandez's numbers from tonight and that goes in on the lower end. But when you put it all in together, I just I don't understand why the technology isn't all the way there. Like maybe I'm just not smart enough, but it feels like the technology should be pretty easy. You know, the you know, the height. Uh, and the dimensions of every player, you know how wide the zone is. You know where the where the plane is of the of the plate when the ball is crossing. Like it feels like this should be easy. Actually, I'm scheduled uh, gratuitous plug. Brewers Weekly this Thursday because of the NFL draft. It's not going to be on from eight to nine. Instead, it's going to be on from uh, from six to seven. So 6-7 to seven this Thursday. Longtime Major League Baseball umpire Joe West is scheduled to join me on Thursday. And I'm going to ask him if, if you were assured of the fact that an automated strike zone could uh, get the call right more often than a human umpire, would you be comfortable with that? I don't know what his answer is going to be. Uh, but I'm going to ask him that question, and uh, he's somebody who was obviously part of the, the old guard of umpires before he retired uh, this past season. All right, uh, we'll go back through the game with the highlights. We'll do that next. This is Brewers Extra Innings on WTMJ. Ready for this? Fly ball. This? Deep right. And this? Third deck. Holy smokes. Time for tonight's highlights. Here's Matt Foley. One nothing. Brewers get the win over the Phillies. They take two of three in the series starting pitching matchup. Eric Lauer going for the crew. Aaron Nola on the mound for the Phillies. Look like the uh, well, the way this game started pretty much told you the way uh, things were going to go. As Eric Lauer in the bottom of the first inning uh, got uh, Reese Hoskins to a uh, fly out for the second out. That would bring Bryce Harper. And here we go. This is uh, how things got started in terms of those strikeout numbers. One two. Strike three called. Got him on the outside corner with a 94-mile-an-hour fastball. And it's a 1-2-3 inning for Eric Lauer. Not to give too much away, but the first of 13 strikeouts for Eric Lauer. Aaron Nola, he was striking guys out as well. In the top of the second inning, there's two outs, and Omar Nervais is at the plate. 1-2 pitch is a called third strike. A high strike at that from Angel Hernandez. If that's there for both teams... Pitchers are going to have a good day today. They did. They very much did. Uh, yeah. These pitchers could probably give a little bit of an assist to Angel Hernandez on the number of strikeouts. But, hey, you take advantage of what you can get, right? So we go to the bottom of the second inning. Nick Castellanos leads the inning off with a uh, base hit. Then JT Ramuto, he strikes out. Kyle Schwarber uh, grounds into a fielder's choice where Castellanos is out at second, and it brings up Alec Bohm. 30 pitches so far for Eric Lauer. And the delivery. Strike three called. Threw him a cutter right on the inside corner. And he locks up Bohm. So still scoreless as we go to the third inning. In the top of the third, Keston here strikes out. Jace Peterson flies out quickly. Two outs in the inning. And it brings up Tyrone Taylor. No loose 0-1. And Tyrone, a high fly ball, deep center field, racing back is Veerling, and he looks up, it's off the top of the wall. Tyrone Taylor turns first and jogs into second with a two-out double here at the top of the third, and he just missed a home run by feet, if not inches. So a runner on in scoring position as the game would go on. Again, not to give too much away, but this would be the only at-bat in this game 
where the Brewers have a runner in scoring position, and Andrew McCutcheon is at the plate. The 0-2 pitch, and that is a called third strike. Fastball outside, Angel Hernandez brings up Andrew McCutcheon, and McCutcheon not happy about it. No, he wasn't. A lot of these uh, strikeout lookings uh, were ending innings, and that one was a big one with a runner on at second. Bottom of the third inning, Johan Camargo strikes out, then Matt Verling strikes out, so quickly two outs on strikeouts after a Gene Segura base hit. It is Reese Hoskins at the plate. Lauer looking into Narvaez. Here's the 0-2 pitch. Swing and a miss. He struck him out with a slider, and Eric Lauer with three strikeouts here in the bottom of the third inning, and six for the game. Four straight strikeouts in terms of outs recorded. His last four outs recorded via the strikeout. That would continue into the fourth inning when he strikes out Bryce Harper for the first out of the inning, and then up comes Nick Castellanos. One-two pitch, swing and a miss. A fastball at 94, and he gets Castellanos for his eighth strikeout of the night. But that strikeout run would come to an end when JT Ramuto would fly out to end the inning. Still scoreless as we go to the fifth. The fifth inning is a really big inning. Eric Lauer on the mound, bottom of the fifth inning. First batter he faces is Kyle Schwarber. 2-0 pitch, a swing and a line drive, hit to right. Backing up is the right fielder, Renfro. It's off the base of the wall. Schwarber trying for two. Here's a throw from Renfro, and it's very high. And safe at second is Schwarber. Alec Bohm then walks. That puts runners on at first and second. Nobody out. Johan Camargo strikes out for the first out of the inning. And then here is Matt Veerling at the plate. 2-2 coming. And a line drive base hit to center. They're going to hold Schwarber as Tyrone Taylor makes a nice throw that's cut off by Rowdy Telez. Veerling hit it so hard, Schwarber had to hold for just a moment to make sure it got through. And the bases are loaded for Gene Segura. So that's one of the plays of the game right there because the runner is held at third. It loads the bases with one out, but the fact that they do not score with a runner in scoring position on a hit is a very, very big moment in this game. That would be the only hit of the game with a runner in scoring position for either team, and it does not produce a run. So the bases are loaded. There's one out, and Gene Segura is at the plate. 1-1. Swing and a pop-up. Third base side, foul territory, wind pushing it further, further. Catching it is Jace Peterson. No tag by Schwarber. That's the second out of the inning. Yeah, big, big out. So two outs in the frame. Job's not done yet. Next hitter is Reese Hoskins. Lauer and Narvaez on the same page now. At the belt, Lauer to the plate. And a swing and a miss. He got him. Tenth strike out of the game. And Eric Lauer able to strand three Phillies. Lauer fired up coming off the mound at that point, still scoreless. We go to the sixth inning. Quickly, two outs in the frame. Andrew McCutcheon at the plate. Here's the 0-1, and a ground ball hits to the left side. Bohm has it, and it's another three up and three down inning for Aaron Nola. Three straight of those, 10 straight retired by Nola. He's only thrown 73 pitches. Yeah, it was pretty impressive what Nola was doing. The Brewers going down in order. They were not able to take any of that momentum from the bottom of the fifth into the top of the sixth, bottom of the sixth inning. Bryce Harper strikes out. Nick Castellano strikes out. So two more strikeouts for Eric Lauer. That brings up JT Rumoto. This one lined on the left field line. It's a base hit for JT Riomuto. Andrew McCutcheon digs it out of the corner, but not before Real Muto 
has a two-out double down the left field line. So the go-ahead runner on at second for Kyle Schwarber. One and two on Kyle Schwarber. Already 12 strikeouts for Lauer, adding to his career high. The one-two. Struck him out looking. 13 strikeouts for Eric Lauer in six scoreless innings. Yeah, pretty special performance. That would be the final out recorded by Eric Lauer. Brad Boxberger puts up a zero in the seventh inning. In the eighth inning, the Brewers uh, try to get something going. Hunter Renfro leads the inning off by uh, lining out. It was a good play that was made. Then Omar Nervaez strikes out. At that point, Keston here is scheduled to come up, but instead it is the pinch hitter, Colton Wong. Here's the pitch to Wong and a swing and a fly ball. Not deep. In comes Castellanos to make the catch. And the inning is over. Brewers go quickly and quietly. 16 straight Brewers have been retired. Still scoreless, bottom of the eighth inning. Devin Williams, the new pitcher for the Brewers. First battery faces Gene Segura. He walks, and you kind of have that internal uh-oh because Williams has not been overly consistent to start the season. But then Reese Hoskins flies out. Bryce Harper reaches on a fielder's choice where Segura is out at second, and it brings up Nick Castellanos. Here's the stretch, and the 0-2, runner goes, and a check swing, they'll appeal, he went, and the inning is over. Harper would have stolen second base, but Castellanos couldn't hold up on the high fastball, and Devin Williams with a big strikeout to get through the eighth. Old friend Corey Knable comes on to pitch the top of the ninth inning for the Phillies. First battery faces Jace Peterson. The pitch. Swing and a pop-up behind shortstop. Falling fast and down a base hit. Peterson stops. He's going to have a knock. Tyrone Taylor then lines out for the first out of the inning. It brings up Andrew McCutcheon. The 2-1. There goes Peterson. Swing a line shot. Base hit left center. Peterson is going to make his way to third base. He's going to be held at the last moment. Boy, did Andrew McCutcheon hit that one like a missile. Runners at the corners for Christian Yelich. And the pitch. Swing and a fly ball out to left. This should be deep enough as Peterson goes back to tag, making the catch is Schwarber. Tagging and scoring is Jace Peterson, and the Brewers have a 1-0 lead on the sack fly by Christian Yelich. They take that lead to the bottom of the ninth inning. Josh Hader on to pitch. The first batter he faces, JT Ramuto. He grounds out. The second hitter he faces is Kyle Schwarber. Hader has his sign from Narvaez. 3-2 pitch. Strike three called. Fastball on the outside corner. Kyle Schwarber fires the bat, fires the helmet. He's been ejected. Yeah, and he let Angel Hernandez just have it. And quite, like, I'm not a huge Kyle Schwarber fan, but he was speaking for both teams and every fan out there. Hernandez was atrocious tonight behind the plate, and Kyle Schwarber spoke for all of us when he let Hernandez know. Two outs in the inning, and Alec Bohm representing the final hope for the Phillies. The kick and the pitch. Fly ball deep right. Back, Renfro at the track. Caught it. Ball game over. Alec Bohm gave it a ride. Just enough wind to keep it in the ballpark, and the Brewers come into Philadelphia and take two of three from the Phillies. one nothing. the final score. Brewers go to 10 and 6. Phillies drop to 6 and 10. Winning totals for the crew. One run, three hits, and no errors. They leave two for the Phillies. No runs, five hits, no errors. They leave seven.
Winning pitcher Devin Williams, he's 1-0. Corey Knable, the loss, he's 0-1. Josh Hader is eighth save. No home runs. The game lasting two hours and 49 minutes played in front of a crowd of 26,175 folks at Citizens Bank Park. Brewers beat the Phillies 1-0. We preview the single game against San Francisco next. This is Brewers Extra Innings. This is Brewers Extra Innings with Matt Foley on WTMJ. Brewers get the 1-0 win against the Phillies. A couple notes. It's the first ever 1-0 win against the Phillies for the Brewers. Only four active teams that they have not had a 1-0 win against now. Houston, the Mets, San Francisco, and Tampa Bay. It's also their second 1-0 win via a sacrifice fly on the road in the last 30 years. They did it in Pittsburgh in September of 2014. Uh also, Eric Lauer is joining Teddy Higuera as the only left-handed starter in the history of the organization to have 13 strikeouts in a game. So certainly some unique things that happened with this one tonight. Scores from around the NL Central. The Reds defeat the Cardinals 4-1. The Reds' losing streak comes to an end. They're still just 3-13. and Cardinals drop to 9-5. and And the Pirates, they knock off the Cubs by a 4-3 score. Around the Brewers' minor league system, low A Carolina lose loses to Lynchburg 15-4. High A Wisconsin loses to Quad Cities 18-1. Double A Biloxi loses at Birmingham by a 7-3 score. And Nashville gets the only minor league win in the organization, knocking off Charlotte 3-2. Brewers play one single game against San Francisco at American Family Field tomorrow. Corbin Burns is set to make the start 1-0, 2.37 ERA. He is going to be opposed by Sam Long. Tomorrow's game scheduled to start at 5-10. That means coverage begins at 435 and I'll be back with you immediately following the game for another edition of Brewers Extra Innings here on WTMJ.